Welcome back to the podcast, the ones and zeros of all things metal. I'm Matt. And I'm Jeff. Uh, today we're talking about Darko and The Devil Wears Parado, uh, new releases that came out within the last month or two. Uh, Darko is a self-titled full-length album, and The Devil Wears Parada, their album is just a, I guess, a sequel to their zombie EP, and it's called Zombie uh, 2, if I'm not mistaken, right, Jeff? Yep, Zombie right. EP 2. All right. So do you have any, uh, we'll start off with Darko. What, uh, I guess, what, what do you have to say about that album? Anything stick out to you or, uh, in a word refreshing, uh, because I like the first song that I heard by them was, uh, insects and the whole aesthetic and the sound of that music video was just top notch because like that i mean that that music video was was a like live performance and tom barber uh the vocalist every time i'm I, I listen to a new band or even like i go back and listen to other bands i was you know and i'm like oh i like that vocalist oh oh that's tom barber oh and that's <laughs> tom barber too you know like learn a learn a shore couple years ago, I really liked their album Psalms and he was their vocalist for, uh, you know, for a time. And I really dug the style of vocals that mm-hmm. he had on that album. And, uh, it was like, a, it was almost like, you know, you know, like if you, if you're performing live and you cup the mic and it kind of cuts off the frequencies and kind of makes it, uh, like real mid rangey sounding. Yeah. There, there was, he does that in that Lorna Shore album and it, but it doesn't like hurt your ears. So there he's, he has like a really wide range of vocal talent in my opinion. And that really shows on this album as well. Um, everything from the instrumentals and it, and like this, this whole album really shows the diversity of just musicians, these musicians in general, Mm -hmm. how like wide, how widely, uh, uh, like their, their musical, like their musicianship, like playing wise and, and, uh, songwriting ability as well, because the drummer is the drummer for the current drummer for Amir also. Mm -hmm. And while they're all in the same, I guess you want to call it like scene, you know, metal scene. Uh, it's, it's really uh, incredible the way that they can change their style of music when they write. And the more that I listen to Tom Barber as a vocalist, the more that I'm realizing that he is one of my, you know, one of my top guys that I like. Yeah. Uh, ju- just to, you know, start off that way. What, what do you, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned the, the versatile, the versatility of them. Uh, it's kind of, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, uh, shoot, who am I thinking? Corey Taylor, where he writes stuff for Slipknot and then he also writes stuff for Stone Sour and two completely different bands. And that's kind of how I, I see it as well as I can see the, the similarities between, uh, Chelsea's grin, correct? Yeah. And Darko with the vocals, but I wouldn't say I would not listening to Darko. Was I ever like, Oh, that's Chelsea's grin. No, it was, this is 
its own entity mm-hmm. with a just a splash of inspiration, I, I would say. And I, I have in my notes, uh, I, I, I just, in big letters, Chug Lords. And that's <laughs> that's like, I think the, the biggest thing about this album is just the chugs. It, um, yep. they, it's very well-rounded and uh, I think the sound is blended to where you just, every note that is hit is just like a, a thud in your chest. Um, it's not too high, not too low, and it just sticks in that range where when they're just it just like you can feel it. And uh, I don't I, I find it uh, kind of like you said, a, a refreshing because I haven't listened to uh, music that chugs recently because everything I've found has kind of been uh, lacking. And so it was nice to, when I heard this, I think I, when the album you showed me the the insects single mm-hmm. and then when the album came out i listened to it that night twice at work one and a half times on the way home i think cuz i think it's just just short enough for my ride home to where i had to listen to it one and a half times mm-hmm. and then i listened to it the i guess the same uh amount for the next two or three days. It was the only thing I was listening to. I, I found it very refreshing, very new, and uh, I just wanted more. It was addicting. Yeah, yeah, addic- yeah, addicting is a good word for it. Um, you know, a couple of these, and it's and it's not like they, it's not like they stuck with, like, you know, that the, the band that I mentioned in our intro episode, Frontier, where everything mm-hmm. is always at 11. They have... There are 11 songs, but they also break it up a little bit with some, I don't want to call them ballads, but like their version of a ballad, I'd say, you know, uh, Donna, uh, track three. That's um, one of my favorites. Yeah. You know, I, I don't always love the screamy sing type of thing that they do. You yeah. know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where but they're, for, they're, they kind of layered over like light music and it's, they're not doing a full out growl or a full out scream. It's like a, if you were just to like yell into the ether type mm-hmm. uh, style. Yeah. Um, it really works for this track. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I'm glad they stuck with it for like one track rather than doing that for, uh, for like multiple tracks. And the, you know, they have like some guest performers. I don't know who the actual singer was on that, the beginning of that song. Uh, but you know, he's, phenomenal whoever that was um and i think this is one of those songs that shows their diversity for sure because you know if anyone if you if 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 anyone ever tells you that metal can't be pretty sounding or beautiful sounding you can show them this song oh i will fight anybody who says that i have multiple uh (laughs) yeah examples yeah, I have I have a couple examples too, and and even songs that uh, you know don't have singing in it can still sound pretty. Yeah. Like there's there's an Amir song that I really like. That's that's kind of like a, a ballad ish that gives me goosebumps. You know. Yeah. So. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, while we're on the topic of of Donna, which is one of the I kind of just chose of like four songs that I I wanted to talk about. If you were 
just wanted to talk about the album in general, or I didn't know how you wanted to kind of go about breaking this apart, but I broke it into like my four favorite songs off the whole album. And since you brought up Donna, I figured we'll just throw this in. Um, it was, uh, in my just reading up on it, it's a song about Josh Miller, who I think you mentioned is the drummer for Amir. Mm-hmm. And it's a song about his grandma who passed away. Okay. And when I was reading the lyrics, listening to it, I really, I was wondering why I kind of connected to it, even though it is cleaner. I had a, a little hard, a little bit of a hard time catching all the words that were being said. Cause it's, there's parts where they're speeding up, slowing down. And it's just, uh, there's a lot going on to, to just take in. So I, I sat down in a quiet room put the song on a couple times and I was just reading the lyrics and I was trying to figure out why I connected so much to it and just reading that and then scrolling down and seeing that it was about his grandma. Uh, it, it really got to me cause I, uh, and one, I have a grandma named Donna, but luckily she's still alive. So I, I didn't have to, that's not really why it spoke to me all that much, but I've had uh, I had a friend pass away a few years ago and the intro of it saying, I saw you again where you used to stand and would talk for hours. Uh, and there's just other parts of the song where like, I still dream of talking to my friend and it, it's just such a beautiful, uh, elegant, hard hitting song that I could just connect to. And I, I really enjoyed just the lyrics. Um, one of my favorite lines from it, is I know the thoughts are just here. Remind us of how, uh, I'm sorry. I know the thoughts are just here. Remind us of the beautiful things. And that's, that's kind of what I, uh, I don't know. It's a little bit of something I need to hear because every now and then I have a dream or I start thinking about a friend, my friend and I get down and uh, I just kind of that just hearing the, like that the thoughts are, are still here. It's not to remind you that they're gone. It's to remind you that of all the beautiful things and the experiences that you had with that person. And uh, to hear just kind of like this remembrance song, kind of take a different twist of, uh, you know, most songs are like, oh, I'm sad you're gone, but they never kind of, they just talk about the sadness. And to hear this song talk about all the beautiful things and the, the experiences and just remembering and kind of celebrating the life of that person. Uh, that it was just, it was just amazing kind of twist to hearing a, a memorial song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, some, some, you know, some, some metal bands are, you know, their lyrics don't always, they're not always written for the purpose of, you know, maybe connecting with people or hitting home, but, uh, you know, this, this is one of those songs definitely where it, where you can, uh, relate to, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, instrumentally, uh, I love the chords in this one. Although in the, in, in the insects music video, the guitarist, you know, he's playing the guitar upside down. Right. And, and as a guitar player for me, when he was playing these chords, I was just trying to wrap my head around, 
how you would play chords upside down because when chords are structured, it's, it's meant to be played, you know, the way that like a guitar was built. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. like the thick, the thicker strings are like closer to your, like, you know, on top. Yeah. And so you'd have to like do your chords upside down, whether that, whether he does that all the time, I don't know, but it's just a funny note that I, that I thought of that, uh, as a guitar player, that would be really difficult to like learn how to do everything upside down. But Hey, if it's easier for him, you know, that's, uh, that's cool. But, uh, um, but yeah, I think this, this one definitely shows their songwriting talent and that mm-hmm. they aren't afraid to put something like that on an album and not, and, and not even for the purpose of just slowing the album down or, um, you know, breaking, breaking it up. It's like, it's one of those songs that they felt like it needed to be, uh, you know, needed to be heard. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't, I didn't know that it was about, um, Josh's grandmother, but that kind of side note, um, you know, Courtney LaPlante from Spirit Box, uh, sings on Daniel track seven and spirit box has a song about um uh, their song constance that's like blowing up right now is about courtney's uh grandmother i believe that had uh alzheimer's and uh so i wonder if there was any type of uh influence for them getting her on this album um since those their two of their song or like they're they're both of their songs are related to you know uh, family members that like passed away yeah. because of that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. It's a, yeah, I wonder that's, that'd be, that'd be interesting to kind of research and find out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess a, a, another one of my favorite songs off this album is praise the sun. And once again, it was, I had to, everything on this album happens fast. Like the slow songs are fast the fast songs are faster and you really have to take time to understand what's being said. And in praise the sun, I was trying to figure out why I liked it so much. And I was trying to figure out what they're talking about. And lo and behold, I'm scrolling through reading the lyrics and they're talking about dark souls. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I heard a rumor. I heard something about that, but I never looked up the lyrics yeah, or it, anything. Yeah, yeah, they, it, uh, it's, it's, it's funny because they're they're they kind of take the Dark Souls story and tell it from a couple different characters' perspectives. They go from, uh, oh, shoot, what's I. And, you know, I've played Dark Souls 3 and I'm trying to think of all their names and I don't follow the lore all that much, but uh, Solaris, I believe is the the name of it. He's a like a knight and he's, there's a whole like emote of praise the sun and it's, I don't know, it was just, it was really funny that that was like one of the songs that I, I enjoyed just because I've played through Dark Souls 3 and listening to like the lyrics it just really once it's it's nothing deep but it's just kind mm-hmm. of a fun if you were to write if you were a fan of dark souls i think you'd enjoy it because you could catch the references 
I, I'm so bad at Dark Souls. I, I like, I like the, uh, what they were going for with it. And I've probably tried to start the game five or six times, Mm -hmm. but I can't seem to stick with it every single time. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those get good type of moments where (laughs) it's like really difficult, you know, it's like a really difficult game, but, uh, I, I like, I like the, um, the atmosphere of it, the, uh, the scenery, Mm -hmm. the skill level that is required. Um, so this, uh, so the, the praise the sun title is that, uh, do do you, is it just like a phrase that the character, one of those characters says, or is there any Uh, story behind that phrase or? Yeah. So there's a, what do they call them? Different covens that you can join. And I don't remember the name of the the coven, but there it's like a holy moat called Praise the Sun. And man, I could if I could pull up my one friend to have him come in and give you he could give you the whole lore of Dark Souls. But oh, yeah, it's essentially it <laughs> it's a uh it's it was a knight and from what I know is he was on this and I'm gonna like butcher this up and people are gonna hate me for not knowing my Dark Souls lore. Uh, but okay. yeah, it's I mean, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I don't, I don't okay. fully know, but it's, <laughs> it, it's nothing that your character necessarily says. It is a, uh, kind of a meme in dark, at least in dark souls three. Oh, okay. And yeah, it, it's, it's cool. Cause they reference like Cinder, who was the, the main bad guy in dark souls three. Um, they talk about, like Astora, who, or what? I can't remember if it's a place or if it's a uh, a person, but they're like a pretty big character. Uh, they have some significance. Once again, I played through the game. I didn't go through the whole lore of it, but it's it's just a fun. Mm. It's a fun game where if you have at least played it, you can catch some of the references. Um, I, yeah, I, I like. Know. I like how crunchy it is. It's it's a little bit more instead of chuggy, they they adjusted some of the the effects and it came out crunchier, which mm-hmm. I can I can kind of dig. Yeah, on my on my notes that I have right here, I just have one word: solid. <laughs> <laughs> Solidly crunchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, and so I guess I'll just keep going down my list unless you have anything else to add. No, no. All right, yeah, yeah. So I have a uh, pale tongue is probably one of my other favorite songs. Yep, I have that as one of my favorites. Yeah, also super chuggy. I didn't write anything else other than that, except for uh, my favorite line off of that is so many people talking, but nobody's listening. And I, I think they captured the the essence of what's going on in the world today is there's so many people talking and nobody's nobody's listening mm-hmm. uh and i i, I really i enjoyed it because i i've been saying that for a while on just talking to friends of whenever like social issues come up and i like to sit down i like to listen to the full side of the story but whenever i give my input it's like they don't listen to 
to what I have to say and they just blah, 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 and I don't know. I, I've gotten a bunch of arguments with people where if you were to draw the conversation in a circle, I make a point, then they draw a circle around my point and then I draw a circle around their uh, circle. And like, that's the, that's the idea of like what a conversation should be is you just an ever evolving circle of uh, input. But what I've, yeah. what I've experienced is I say something, so I make a point. They draw a circle around my 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 dot that I have made, and then I'll add to what they said. But then they go right back to their circle. So the conversation, my my circle is getting bigger, but they're they're little. They only hold on to their one little bit, like they're not listening to anything. And it's not like I'm trying to make people agree with me or what. It's just trying to like get a meaningful conversation out of somebody is really hard to do because I think we're all so self-absorbed. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they're, they're like waiting. They're not, they're, they're like, they're hearing you, but they're not listening and they're just waiting Mm -hmm. to hear their own voice again, to hear themselves talk and to like talk at you rather than talk with you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My other, so that, yeah, that pale tongue was for sure. One of my, one of my favorites, um, love the, uh, energy in that one, that, that riff was just, Oh, it just speaks to you. you and know? yeah, I'm, I'm just like quickly reading through the, the lyrics again. And there's another line that says they say they understand, but it's simply an auto response. And that's, that's exactly what it feels like is in, in the world today, we, we stopped listening to what people have to say and we just tell them what they want to hear. Like when somebody says like, oh, how are you doing today? And we just say, oh, good. Or it's just an auto response because you don't think they're going to listen to you back. So we just have this whole understanding or unwritten rule that nobody wants to hear what you have to say. So you just, you just say whatever that will move on the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no, there's no meaningful mm -hmm. back and forth. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I, I have as one of my favorites insects. Yep, that's, uh, that's my fourth one there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, first that was the first song that I heard by them. Um, I love the speed of the vocals that Tom does and it's another fast song. Yeah. Another fast one. And, uh, that's probably my favorite song on the album. Um, which was, you know, it's a great first single that they put out. I, I, maybe it's not their first single, but the first one that I heard. Yeah. And it kind of shows the, uh, the range of what he can do with his, what Tom can do with his voice. Um, not just, you know, highs and lows, but like what he can do with his throat, like, like, uh, you know, staccato type of rhythms and, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one, that one just, it's always my first one I try to listen to if I, if I pop that, that album in. Yeah. I, uh, so this, I like, this is why I like talking to you about music is you'll go into, uh, the musical instruments, technical side of it. And I, I'm all about the message. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I really, I, the reason I love this album is not only because the music's good, but the anthem of what this song encompasses 
it's a it's talking about how us as humans are the problem and we're destroying the earth it, mm-hmm. as, as like to hear like a metal band just say like you guys are to be like an environmental activist in a song I should say because I've heard usually metal hardcore the whole scene we're we're I don't know it we kind of encompass everything well like we we understand like global warming is real we, we're not flat earthers it, you know we trust science and that whole thing mm-hmm. behind it and but you don't really hear their songs talk about uh, environmental impact or anything along those lines. And yeah, it, it's just, if you listen to the song and you, if you don't catch the lyrics, pull up the lyrics and listen to it while you're uh, going through. And it's just, it it's a really good like representation of how, we're the problem and we need to straighten up or else we're not going to have a plate left. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, like you said, a lot of, a lot of music will talk about human emotions and what humans deal with on a day-to-day basis, but not necessarily what our impact is on everything else. Mm -hmm. We're only concerned about how everything is affecting us, but we affect things also. Yeah. And uh, not always for the better. That's yeah. So and just to kind of drive my point home a little bit more is my favorite line from this song is. Or I should say a few couple lines is. So listen, baby, it's the last damn time I'm saying this because the world's been eating motherfucking shit plate after plate shovel in shit so listen baby it's the last damn time i'm saying this because the world's been eating motherfucking shit when will you care Hmm. and it just kind of like drops i can just like visualize just a a literal plate of shit and like if if this would have been so funny in the music video if they would have just at that time (laughs) dropped it like and it hit and like just a slow motion shot of it hitting the floor and scattering out Cause that's, it's kind of just this like big mic drop of when will you care? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there that care, but it's, what are we doing to, to help? Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not, uh, yeah, they, they say they care, but not actually mm-hmm. putting, putting a foot forward to, to, f- to fix anything or to help out. Yeah. 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 So we, we share two of the same song, two of the, two of the, uh, same favorite songs. Yep. My, I, I only made, th- I only listed three favorites. Um, the other one that I really liked was uh, Pretenders track four. That's okay. You can be more inclusive or uh, more stingy with your, I just like to include more people, I guess. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so notes I have here, are, uh, love this riff shows Tom's vocal range, nasty lows and yeah. growls. Yeah. And, you know what's funny is is uh, insects. When when I sent you that video for the first time, I remember your text was like, "That was f- that was filthy in the best way possible." Yeah, uh huh. That's the whole album. <laughs> the whole album 
The whole album is like you fell off your bike and you're picking gravel out of your knees. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It is the most beautiful train wreck I've ever seen. And once again, not in a bad way. It's just, it's that heavy hitting, that hard. And I don't know how else to describe it other than it's filthy. Yeah, that same that same face that you make when you're picking the stones out of your knees. You're like, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, that, you know, yep. <laughs> that you're going to be making those noises throughout the whole album. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple other notes that I had. Um, the Last of Us track six, I put kind of sounds like it has a Tony Danza riff. Uh, tap dance extravaganza you know some they have some of these like weird uh like not necessarily like alarm clock sounds but like those like high pitched you know like like they're pitch shifting mm-hmm. a note um um overall it has a great energy yeah. uh i really like their 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 filler instrumental track if this is forever yeah that really, was a good like, one really like calming and I'm glad that they fleshed it out to be an entire song three, like three, four minute song rather than like a, like a one minute, uh, interlude. Yeah. Like interlude mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It's, it's not something I, I would expect any type of metal band to do, but, uh, they, they went for it and that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, having you, talk about the last of us song a lot of these songs were actually also inspired by either video games or uh older movies i don't know if you caught that at all i i could probably have guessed that mm-hmm. like splinter cell splinter cell uh last of us um and then those are the only those are like the video game ones yeah and then praise the sun is also Dark Souls. And then there yep. is uh Mars Attack. Mars Attacks is based off the ninety is it ninety-six? When Mars Attacks. I've heard I've heard of it. I think it's nine. I'm gonna double check. Sure. Have yeah, 96. Uh, I have seen clips and it is ridiculous. It has like these, I don't know if they're claymation, but they're puppet aliens that look like have they have brains in their eye, no eyelids, just eyeballs sticking out. And it's just. <laughs> so is, so is it like, is it like B movie bad on purpose or like it, it become, it just became like one of those like cult classic movies that everybody likes it because of how bad it is. I mean, or is it even bad? <laughs> 96. So I'll, I'll leave it there. Okay. They did what they could with, with their, uh, they tried their best. They, yeah, definitely. It was, it was the best for what they had at in 96. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's funny. At least the clips I've seen. Okay. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard of it. I've never looked anything up buy that but uh that that does sound extremely funny and something i would probably enjoy watching for sure it has a lot of famous people in it too it has uh jack nicholson pierce brosnan 
Mm. Sarah Jessica Partner Parker. Um, Wasn't expecting that. Danny DeVito. Martin Stuper. Martin Short. Sorry. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Jeez, that's like an all-star cast. Has Natalie Portman in it? So are they, is it like live action? Like they're real people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like real people. And then there's like these puppet claymation aliens that come from Mars and start just disintegrating people. It's funny. (laughs) If you have time, just check out a clip of it. It's funny though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know what that has to do with the... Darko, but I guess they they found something in there to be inspired about. Yeah, I, I like when I I appreciate when people can be uh can find the hilarity in mm-hmm. every everyday things or you know media. Yeah, I I think once again I don't know the whole plot behind when Mars attacks, but. For example, they they talk in the song. They talk about how we are the cancer. Um, and so it could just be they're kind of they're telling the stories behind like the Martians aspect. They came here, saw us a cancer, and just started destroying us. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. Yeah, saw us as the problem. That kind of reminds that that's kind of. Um, uh, have you ever seen the movie uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves, Kathy Bates, Jennifer? Um, I've heard of it. Can't think of her name. And I don't last know. Name. I can't definitively say that I've seen it or not. Yeah. So Earth is one of the very few planets in the universe that can support life. So Keanu Reeves comes in a human body to the earth to start the uh, extermination process because w- one of the lines in the movie was, he said, um, there are, there are only a handful of uh, planets in the cosmos that can, that are capable of supporting complex life. This one cannot be allowed to perish. Hmm. And they're like, well, you got to give us another chance. And he said, we've, we've given you, we've given you many chances and um, it's reached the tipping point and now we have to act because you guys have not uh, treated it properly. And they go, well, this is like, you've come to our planet and he goes, your planet. He's like, yes, this, this is our planet. And he goes, no, it is not. <laughs> so there's this whole civilization or, or many civil, he represents many civilizations of, uh, of other life forms that have been watching earth and, and hoping that we would, uh, that we would change our ways, but uh, we took too long and they had to act before it got too bad. So it's like irreparable. Once it kind of tying back into insects and yeah, how we're just like destroying the planet. And nope. yeah, that's, that's not funny, but yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, any other last thoughts on the album or should we move on to the worst Prada? It's a filthy album. Check it out and you might need to shower afterwards. That's all <laughs> I have to say. I took two showers. <laughs> and you still feel dirty. And still dirty. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess yeah, we can start talking about Devil Wears Prada. What do you uh, What do you have on on them? So I was skeptical about listening to them again because I hadn't really listened to them since their their last album or not their last album, but the last album that I listened to was in um, 2013 called uh, 818. And mainly because like their sound changed and I'm, I'm supportive, supportive of bands, you know, changing their sound and uh, you know, as long as the songs are good, I, I think I have their, their, one of their, their, one of their albums between now and then called transit blues, but I, I don't exactly remember, but the, the, the direction that they kind of went in, I, I wasn't totally digging. I might like it now nowadays, but from like the one or two songs that I may have heard off of uh, their most recent, like full length album, the act, I was like, I don't know if I can really get into this. Cause it, it just, it just changed. And it wasn't like the Devil Wars Prada that I, you know, fell in love with. Like in my mind, Devil Wars Prada is still uh, 2009 uh, with the, with Roots Above and Branches Below album. That was like peak performance in, in my eyes um, for them. Mm-hmm. But I was like really pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed this EP because I really enjoyed the, uh, the first zombie EP. And this one, it just sounded nothing like what their sound is recently. And it seems like they went back to that, that uh, zombie EP sound and kind of like their older sound. And uh, I was uh, very, very um, impressed with uh, what I heard, um, you know, because I haven't listened to them in, in years and years and anything new really. But uh, like overall, like, so what, what did you think? Did you, uh, did you enjoy this one? So I did, I guess here's, yeah, I haven't listened to them in a while and I never realized that they hadn't changed or that they changed their sound. I, I guess, like you said, I had stuck to 2009 with Roots Above, Branches Below, uh, listened to Plagues, uh, which was the album before that. And I might've listened to a few songs off of Dead Throne. Dead Throne that's, good. Yeah, that's pretty much where I stuck. And I guess I never really realized that they, and I, I don't know what happened in 2013 to where I didn't listen to, where I stopped, pretty much stopped listening to them. Uh, so I never, I guess, realized that they changed their sound at all. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to their zombie EP, the, the first one, and it, I liked it because it sounded like old school uh, Devil Wears Prada. And that's what I have in my notes for Zombie 2 is it, it, it sounds almost like they haven't changed since 2009. It brought yeah. me, it brought me back to with Roots Above, Branches Below, uh, the screams, guitar playing, uh, song structure, everything about it just reminds me of, you could have slapped that in that album and I wouldn't be able to tell you which song is which. Or like which song is the new one, which one's the old one. Other than maybe quality would probably be a little bit better with the way times have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like on on this one, it, it... I, I always remembered that the Devil Wears Prada, like they always had 
singing in all of their songs, but it wasn't like the type of singing that was like catchy. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a catchy chorus, but their mm-hmm. singing was very, was like still like it, it fit where it needed to. And you could still sing along to it, but it wasn't like they, they were purposely creating uh, like a, like a, they weren't going for that like catchy chorus type of singing just, th- you know, throughout their whole career really. Yeah. Um, and in this one, like the parts where they did have choruses there, there was one song, I think it was uh contagion, which was track five. This one actually had like a catchy chorus that you could really, that they like repeated, you know, and that you could like sing along to, um, you know, the singing was great on that one and it was like a really great ending to the album. But, uh, like in this one, it seems like their choruses, if you want to call them, were more like were like kind of slower and and more like somber rather than like big and epic like they like they mm-hmm. used to used to do. And that was kind of interesting uh, that like typically like the chorus would be the uh you know, the buildup and the, and the main point of the song. But in, in this EP, it seems like, like the verses and like all the riffs and stuff in between those courses were more energetic. And then the choruses kind of slowed down a little bit. And then the verses, you know, they, they pick back up again. Yeah. Uh, going back to contagion, uh, that's one of my favorite songs off of it. Uh, that I have, it's, it was a real soft intro. And it, it's slow. And then it just, all of a sudden it's fast. It, it gets, it hits you hard all of a sudden. And then from what I remember it, it, there's multiple tempo changes. It, it's kind of a little bit all over the place. It, it Mm -hmm. goes up and then it goes down and they, they do a really good job at, uh, slowing it down just at the right moments to kind of build that anticipation of what's going to happen next. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's, that's another thing that I, that I noted was the speed at some of these songs, like the riffs that they write, like, mm-hmm. like with roots above and branches below, I don't really remember. They, they didn't really create a lot of like, I would, I would call them like fast songs, like, like Nora track four. I wrote that, <laughs> It, it almost sounds like a 4-4 four, four Meshuggah bleed riff. You know that song? Like that real, yeah. like the real popular one. And it, and it sounds, it kind of sounds like that, but uh, they, they typically don't write instrumentals like that. Like this one, this, this whole EP, it sounds, you can tell it's their older sound, mm-hmm. but they put a new spin on, on how they, how they wrote the songs and you can tell it's like a more mature way of writing even like they're they've always been really mature writers but this one feels like really polished uh and that you could tell they took their time with figuring out how to you know how to put this all together and and um especially those those like it's not really a breakdown but like quote breakdown chords towards the the bridge or it was like, it was like a hard rock. It almost had like a hard rock, uh, you know, type of, Mm -hmm. type of thing to it. And I, I, that one I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is really cool. But I think, I think my favorite track was, uh, was, um, Forlorn, uh, track two. 
Yeah, that's uh, it has a beautiful pianos in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a wonderful mix between the dirty and the clean vocals. Um, I would have to say the chorus is my favorite part of it. Mm-hmm. It's just a clean, clean chorus. Uh, yeah, there's it's hopeless now. This tragedy, exhausted from necessity, we're forced to flee without escape. Complete retreat since the outbreak, and it just has a nice. Uh, I don't know. Is that I am a pentameter? I was really bad at English, but it just <laughs> it rolls off the tongue nice. Just however mm-hmm. they s- structured it, it fits. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like each track on this on this EP has its has its place and it and it flows really well and it's not like too jarring where it's just like five songs stuck together you know mm-hmm. uh they, they, they all flow into each other really well um forlorn is it's it's like they have uh they have like instrumental parts that are very unlike uh like typical devil wears prada like you, you know like, like we were talking about with Breaking Benjamin, like sometimes you can tell a riff is from a, a certain band. This one, uh, you can tell it's Devil Wears Prada, but they don't have their typical, um, maybe like rhythms that they might put at in, in a certain song. Like I know, for, I know for me when I'm writing music, I, I kind of have like a certain rhythm that I might repeat, you know, for like a song or two, not, not obviously not like writing the same song, but just kind of a, maybe like a drum pattern or, you know, something like that. But, uh, yeah, something yeah, it's, you pull uh, from another song and kind of bring it into the other to tie it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed overall the whole, this whole overall presentation, uh, you know, a lot more than I, I thought I would, uh, because I, just because I haven't listened to them in, in, in really such a long time, you know? Yeah, uh, I have one other thing about at least forlorn is there's a line that says complete retreat since the outbreak, and I kind of like put a question mark next to it, saying like, "Is this a callback to the Zombie One EP?" Uh, yeah, cause, probably because they had a song named Outbreak. Yep, right. and that's that was a. Uh, that was my thought is the, the first one was kind of talking about how the, it, it kind of, this tells a story, uh, I think very well where the first zombie EP was from what I'm remembering. I haven't listened to it once again in a while, but it was about the outbreak of these, this zombie outbreak, plain, simple. That's, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And the zombie two EP kind of reminds me if you just kind of listen to it and go through the lyrics uh just a the survivor's take of what's going on in the world living through this quote-unquote zombie outbreak so it's more about like the humanity of dealing with of dealing with it rather than the chaos of of like everything that went down yeah like yeah like it's that the outbreak has happened and now we're living through it. Yeah. Sort of thing. It's, it was cool. And that kind of ties into, uh, my other favorite song is termination. Uh, just, yeah, that's a good one. I, I, I like the instrumentals on that one. 
I like the yeah the the choir effect that the the keys play. Yeah, yep. and uh, once the chorus is like a mixture of that, they're dirty and clean vocals going back and forth. Yeah, this one I I wrote that it was my least favorite, but still, <laughs> just just to just to say like the not even that it was like bad at all, but. It's hard to, you know, of the five songs, if I had to pick one that was least favorite, probably this one. But I, you know, still, still really enjoyed it. That's, that's funny. Uh, and like I said, it's probably, probably my second favorite song off of it. Just. Okay. Um, so are you into the whole like zombie craze? No, I hate no. zombies. I, yeah. I, I won't play a zombie game. I, I hate the walking dead. <laughs> makes no sense to me and I don't understand everybody's fascination with it. I don't understand it either really. Um so what season did you quit watching The Walking Dead at now? Episode uh, one. Yeah, episode one. Yeah, I gave it like I think I gave it like two and a half seasons. I ended at like season three or something. But yeah, I don't I don't really go for the whole like, you know, zombie thing in like Call of Duty and Mm-hmm. The whole waves of, you know, like that type of gaming style where it's just like waves of enemies that you're just mowing down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've never really been a zombie guy either, to be honest. Yeah, uh, this hard segue, but just talking about like zombies and whatnot reminds me of uh, when I was living in Florida in Tampa there was a guy that took bath salts and started eating another guy's face oh god and the cop shot him I think like four or five times and he didn't go down and everyone's like oh zombies this is the zombie outbreak and that just reminds me of like yeah this- I re- yeah I remember I remember hearing about that story that's uh if ever there was anybody close to being a zombie it was probably that guy yeah <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I guess another part of my notes is while Darko was like the Chug Lords, uh, the devil wears Parada, the devil wears Parada was Captain Crunch for sure. They, uh, every song is crunchy, like a fresh set of leaves (laughs) in the fall time. It, they, I like how they mix or I'm sorry, not mix, but I like the effects that they put on their guitars where they keep it um, into that like mid treb area, like they just stay up in that area, and they don't mm-hmm. vent, they don't put much bass into their uh, guitars or anything. So it comes out very like heavy one sided uh, towards the mids and the trebs, mm-hmm. and just the way they do palm mutes and all that stuff, it just sounds extra crunchy yeah they they give their uh they give their bass a little bit of room to breathe rather than Mm -hmm. making the whole tone about the you know making a thicker guitar tone it's i can appreciate that yeah yeah it's it's almost yeah like i like how you said that uh it's it's not very thick it's it's definitely sharp like a knife just kind of cutting through the air Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah, there's there there's some bands, not that I can name at the at, uh, name off at the moment, but yeah, like sometimes 
you know, you know, thinner, a thinner guitar sound can, can work for, for a band. Everybody's trying to be, you know, seven string, eight string. And it's like, where's the bass fin it, fin into that, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like uh, Darko, they have a uh, uh, eight string guitar. Yeah. Um, I'm maybe they have a bass. I don't even know, but in the music video they didn't, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, you gotta, gotta wonder how, how all that like fits in there. Like, like the band animals as leaders, they have two eight string guitars and I don't, I don't even think they have a bassist anymore. I think they just kind of make do. Yep. They just kind of make do, you know, they're, they're, they got those low notes and you know, it works for them. Was it, was it you that just shared something on Facebook about, uh, bands leaving their basses in a hot car? Like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I forget exactly what it said, but like, yeah, it was something about, uh, like leaving the window open or something. Yeah. <laughs> like they're a dog. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm a bass player. I played in a, in a heavy metal band as a, a bassist slash vocalist. And I get it. <laughs> like I wasn't anything that special. I kind of like we talked about in the last episode, I chose the bass, so I didn't really have to practice all that much. I, I enjoy the sound that you get from it. And I'm by no means like a good bass player. Uh, but I can chug and I can do some metal riffs with the ones and zeros and I'll, I'll even venture down to the fifth fret sometimes. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, and that's how you know it's getting serious. But I think my favorite thing about being a bassist is the guitarist, at least, uh, most of the time on stage are kind of standing still and they'll, they'll headbang a little bit, but the bassist, they're the ones they get to walk around the whole stage. They can do whatever they want because guess what? We got one string to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was base magazine. It's, and it's like, it's like a fake article that says, uh, irresponsible musicians leave bassist in hot van. And it was just yep. a guy like sitting in the window <laughs> and the caption was like, careful out there. It's getting hot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, you're right though. Cause like, um, yeah, like when, like if I were, if I were to ever play, you know, our songs live, uh, it's so intricate that I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. able to like move around on stage at all, but you could. Yeah, for sure. I think. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's also, there's a side note. There's a band called the, um, the Omnific, which is like drummer and two bassists. And that's, that's a notable band to look up because it's, it's all instrumental. Okay. But, uh, it's, it's really cool that they, they can make a song sound so full, but with like two bassists and a, and a, and a drummer. Sometimes they have like some little like keyboard sounds and stuff in there, kind of like yeah. holding, holding chords and stuff in the background. But yeah, that's a really cool band yeah. too. My uncle is a phenomenal bassist. He has a <laughs> six string custom bass and it's funny cause he'll pull it out. I go over to his house at night or whatnot. And I'm spending the night there he'll pull it out and he'll just start playing because he practices every night and just to listen to him and it's not hooked up to an amp or anything. He's just tapping away, doing his thing, just acoustic. And it dumbfounds me mm-hmm. that, I mean, I, if I put in enough work, I could probably get to that level, but just to like watch him do his thing and just go to town on a six string bass is, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Before I, 
you know, started really working in the uh, music industry um, as a live sound guy, uh, I, you know, some of these, some of these electric bassists that come through, it's like, I didn't even know that sounds like that could be possible, you know, for a bass. And, uh, you know, you get introduced to like six string basses, like the, the band last night had the, the bassist, um, had a six string bass and it's, uh, I, I just love, I just love that sound. Whenever I think of like six string, you know, I always think of like guitar, but then, you know, why not have a six string bass? <laughs> right. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, uh, out of the two albums, which was your favorite? If you could, if you could do that. Um, to be honest, probably Devil Wears Prada. Really? Yeah. But Why? Not, but, uh, and I'm not, ju- I know I said that in a really like judging tone <laughs> yeah, and I, I like caught myself. You're like, why? Why? Why, but, Jeff? I was not expecting that. No, I was, I wasn't expecting that, but, uh, neither was I. Ex- explain, explain thyself. And I think just because maybe it's because it has a sound that I'm more, that gets me maybe nostalgic or familiar with and it's more comforting I suppose like whenever I when I put Darko on I'll always go for a couple songs you know like my favorites but I'll have to be in a mood to like really put the whole album on I'd say okay whereas and maybe and you know obviously this EP's seven songs shorter than than the full length uh darko album but uh i feel like i could probably listen to this this devil wears prada ep just on repeat more than like the entire darko album i suppose okay yeah interesting because i don't know maybe maybe i'm just attracted to the filth of it or uh, how heavy it is i don't know i i found darko to be a more pleasant listening to than the devil wears Prada. I I enjoyed the devil wears Prada. It Mm -hmm. did bring back that little bit of nostalgia of high school, uh, listening to, to the listening to them. But I think just hearing something different, because I haven't heard something like Darko at least for a while if i yeah, if i it if, is if really i unique. if i thought hard enough i could probably pull up a band that sounded like them but off the top of my head i can't think of anybody who who can kind of match that just disgusting filthy growling screaming uh energy filled album the whole album is just solid yeah and just so we're clear this was a very hard question yeah (laughs) that was you know so uh they're they're both incredible yeah in in my in my eyes yeah yeah uh do you have like a number scale that you could give to either of them Hmm. like how many how many stars or thumbs up 
out of like 10. Out of 10? Yeah. Uh, I would probably give Double Wars Prada, I'd say like an eight and then okay. uh, Darko like a seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would I would have put uh Darko at like an eight point two is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And then the Devil Wears Parada was probably like seven and a half. Like it was it was close. Mm-hmm. Uh but I, I maybe I I'm also looking for quantity and if I can slap on and get forty five minutes compared to like twenty three minutes. I don't know if those are the actual times. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's pretty close. Getting that extra 20 minutes of music and it's just they're all bangers that's i'm gonna interesting that's what i want and you know i i feel like i'm the opposite i would rather i would rather have an ep that is like four or five tracks that are really solid yeah compared to a full-length album where I'm skipping a couple tracks and that type of thing. I guess, I guess that's where it is. Is I, when I listen to it, I don't skip tracks. Yeah. Cause I, I, I'm enjoying the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could get that if I, if I had to skip a track or two, then yeah, I would say Devil Wears Prada. Cause, and there, here's the thing is when I listen to Devil Wears Prada, I, I do, I skip tracks. I'll listen to Forlorn, Termination and Contagion. I, the other ones don't really fit my fancy all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I find myself kind of listening to those three songs. Maybe, uh, ah, shoot, what's the other one? Not Nora. Um, but Nightfall, the first one? First Nightfall, track? Nightfall, yeah. Nora was actually my least favorite. <laughs> and I think okay. you, you said that was one of your favorites, right? Uh, no, Forlorn was my favorite. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I, I'd say like forlorn Nora and nightfall. Yeah. So we're like, we're like, we like the opposite tracks. Yeah. Forlorn termination contagion. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, like I said, either way, they're both, both refreshing, both, uh, exciting songs to, or not songs, but albums to listen to, uh, Jeff, definitely check them out. They're both on Spotify. I'm sure you can find them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I listen to mm-hmm. both of them. Um, I o- I own Darko, and I'm I'm probably gonna, I'll probably buy the Zombie e- Zombie Two EP. Um, but I I listen both times. I listen to it on YouTube just out of convenience. See, being now I don't believe you because you own Darko and you don't own the Zombie EP. <laughs> Well, I think you're lying li- to me. <laughs> before, before zombie EP, before we decided we were going to do zombie EP yeah. too, I, I had already, Darko was like a day one purchase for me yeah. when it came out. So, yeah. I think it came out like two weeks after also. So we had already. <laughs> after the zombie EP? Uh, no, Darko came out, to, or zombie came out two weeks after, I think. Or a week mm. after. Okay. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even on my radar, to be honest. The zombie EP2. Facebook. That's what, <laughs> Facebook. That's what got me. I I think they, they 
said, hey, look at this. And I was like, holy shit, Jeff, look at this. <laughs> Shiny. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to say about either of these two? Nope. I got uh, uh, everything I needed to say. I got out. Awesome. 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 Uh, yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Blackcast. Uh, we're trying to do this every week. And I guess join us next time. I don't, we don't quite have a set thing on what we're going to be talking about, but I'm sure we'll eventually get like a social media page and update you guys on when we, uh, so you guys are prepared and know what is going to happen with that week. Uh, we're trying not to like paint ourselves into a corner and have to do certain things, but we also want to give you guys, uh, something to look forward to and what to expect on different recordings. Yep. Thanks for listening guys. And we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next podcast.